Welcome to Baden Bulletin, where Catholicism and the people of Baden are looking for peace. Hi, Sarah. Good morning, Father. How are you today? I'm looking for peace. Me too. <laughs> I guess all the people of Baden are probably looking for peace. I would agree, Father. Yes. The peace that only God can give us. Yes. Yeah. And I guess he talks about that. Oh, he does. I've been looking over that passage in John, John chapter 14, um, starting at verse 27. Mm -hmm. You want to read that? Sure. So Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Well, first I should say, this is like right before he's about to suffer his passion. So to set the stage. Right. So he is mm -hmm. speaking to those who he's closest to. Right. And he's revealing something about life. And right. about what will come for him. Exactly. Like he's about to be taken away from them. Him, from them. From them. Yeah. So, all right. So he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go hence. What happens after that? Well, then he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, and um, he continues to talk to his disciples, like from the depths of his heart. He gives them his greatest commandment of love, and he tells them there's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friend, and then that's exactly what he does. So he is setting the stage for his mm. eventual crucifixion. Yes. Yep, and he's telling them to have peace. Because he knows, I think he realizes that it's like they're about to have their father, their most tender, loving father that they've been with for about three years, you know. They've been like his knee... Oh God, what was that? Uh, goodness, there's like a little nickname for the little baby that stays right by your knees. I think your knee baby. Hmm. Have you ever heard that? Mm-mm. Like they're always close to you, your little babies. Like they're so little and they stay right close to you. So they've, they've been like little babes around their loving, tender father all this time. Clinging to Jesus. Yeah. And now he's saying, I'm going away from you. Uh-huh. And you should rejoice. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, what? It makes no sense. So let's break it down. So he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Ooh, yes. What do you think he means, Father, when he says, 
not as the world gives do I give to you. Because he says, it's my peace I'm giving to you. John's gospel really focuses on the relationship between the Father and the Son. And that's what I've noticed a lot about my reflection, is that Jesus is giving us a window into that continual exchange of life between Father and Son. With that, I think what Jesus wants to show us is that we continue his life by remaining close to him. And so if Jesus, one of the characteristics is peace, because this is what <laughs> is one of the effects of his life, you know, this continual exchange of love and continual yeah. exchange of wisdom, outpouring of self and reception of God's own being too. If that's going on with Jesus, then he's showcasing and almost training other people to do this. And so what I think he's trying to say is that the world doesn't have this type of relationship. You know, the world's relationships are fickle and they come and they go. My relationship to my father is one of continued grace. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was sort of thinking too, was that his peace comes from his relationship with the father. And... Because at the end, he brings it back to that, to the Father, when he says, I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Hmm. Like he, he has peace because he knows that he's doing this out of love for the Father. And it gives him purpose. It gives him like a solid foundation to stand on. It does confuse me a little bit because I think when Jesus says this, he's speaking from, so he's one person, he's, he's one divine person, yeah. and he has two natures. Right. So he has the divine nature fully, and he yeah. has this human nature fully yeah. in one divine person. Mm -hmm. And so when he says, I am going to the Father, the world must know that I love the Father, I do just as the Father has commanded me. It's almost like he's now speaking from the human nature. Right. And mm -hmm. that the fullness of his being and the fullness of his grace comes from the will, right? From his will mm -hmm. to do something that he, he knows, that he understands must be done. It's like, okay, we know this too, right? My stomach starts to growl. I know I'm hungry, right? so I choose to do the will of my stomach, <laughs> which is to eat, hopefully, yes. healthy food. Right. And I complete that, and in some sense, I have a little bit of peace there, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I've done what is necessary. I haven't overdone it, right? I haven't eaten, like, you know, six, right. you know, um, yeah. quarter pounders. Which you fulfilled I, a need. Yeah, which I don't think I could even fit one quarter pounder in my body anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, I just don't do fast food very well. Oh, yeah. 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 And then that's on the, that's on the subject line of, like, instinct or, you know, like, almost impulses. Right. And now we're kind of thinking about a subject line of divine economy. Yeah. What do you think about that? 
Oh, well, I think that Jesus, well, actually, you made me think about the story of the woman at the well, because Jesus says to his disciples, they're like, did someone give you something to eat at the end? Because he's, they went away, they were starving, and they went to go buy food. And when they came back, they, I think they offered him food. Mm-hmm. And he said, I have food of which you do not know. Mm. Like his impulse. That's also his, from John's gospel. Mm, mm-hmm. He has a deeper instinct or a deeper impulse, which is always to do what is pleasing to the Father. And like for souls, for, for love, for love. Like, so it's like he, to him, that was the deepest need was to fulfill what his father had, you know, to do, um, like his heart was so in union with the father's heart Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that he wanted to always do what the father wanted him to do. And that comes from his human nature. That's, that is all of the emotions, all of the desires, Mm -hmm. everything that makes up his cognitive abilities. Yeah. They're all working together for one goal, for one thing. Right. And you know the story, I mean, right afterward when he goes into the garden and he enters in, in Luke's gospel, he tells us about how Jesus suffered, like physically he sweat blood Mm -hmm. and he like was prostrate on the ground, like praying, you know, so intensely. And I knew, I know a priest um, who... Uh, said that he was studying how to ride a horse and he was in some competition and his father was watching him and I guess there was Is this while he was a priest? or no, before? He, before he was a mm-hmm. priest there was um, I don't know how it works but somehow someone was like challenging him during the competition mm-hmm. his teacher or and they were really really challenging him hmm. like more that so much so that he said he actually sweat blood. Wow. Because, and he said the reason was because his father was watching him mm. and he did not want to displease his father. He wanted to do well for his father. Mm. So he was so intense during the competition that he actually, that happened to him. He's the only one I've met that, that actually happened to, hmm. you know. Did he put his hand to his brow and saw that it was like not just water, but it was blood or something? I don't know. I don't mm. know. He just, wow. I remember him telling this story during a retreat we had. Like he wanted us to understand that that was like Christ because his father was watching. Like he, he was so intent on doing what was pleasing to the father. Hmm. You know? Yeah. It makes me wonder like how somebody can keep the peacefulness during that. Yes. During so much mm-hmm. strain and so much, yeah. I mean, agony, right? Because that's right. what Christ was going through from the moment that he realizes yeah. that his life really yeah. is about offering himself on the cross Yeah. with the scourging, the spitting, the abandonment, everything. Yeah, so maybe because his peace that he wants to give us, well... I think about how Jesus, he suffered like that in the garden 
but afterward he got up. Mm-hmm. And I think in John's gospel, like when they ask him if he's Jesus, he says, I am. And all the soldiers and Judas, they all fall to the ground. Because like, mm-hmm. at that moment, like I, am, I see it, I, I don't know for sure, but it seems like Jesus had to pass through a test you know, in the garden and where he had all these human emotions and struggles and but then he came to the strength, like the courage. He took heart and he went forward like with this his face set like flint. And so maybe he had the peace. He had to come to the peace, like work. Uh, and I wonder too, like there's this passage as we were reflecting, not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. Yeah. And in the Bible, the heart is the center of someone's motivation a lot of times. Yeah. So even though you can have troubles, you can have fatigue, you can have anxiety and confusion, your motivation, your end goal is to achieve something that is beautiful, that is good, that is true. And I think that really, it helps me because I know my emotions start to crowd out the goals, Mm -hmm. you know, like the emotions start to become front and center and then the goals start to look like far away and unachievable. Yeah. This almost seems like Jesus is willing for us a way to use those emotions for a greater good. Mm. Ooh, Father, that's really profound. You mean like that there's a peace in suffering yes. for the Father? Yes, exactly. Knowing that this experience, these perceptions, can be dialed into love for the Father. Yeah, then it's a peace that the world does not know. And all that is so hidden, isn't it? Now, it's beautiful what Jesus is doing because he reveals the Father to us. Right. He reveals his personality. He reveals the mercy. He reveals the (laughs) tremendous, you know, (laughs) earthquake-like desire for us. Yes. The prophet, what was it, um, Elijah, when he was running away from Jezebel? Oh. Yeah. And he was hiding. Yes. Right? And suddenly, like, God starts to, like, make himself known to Elijah, right? yes. Yeah. And so there's an earthquake, and is it like a... Uh, it's like a vision, and it, it's oh. like a vision for him, right? It's like not anyone talking to him. It's is he it an angel? He hears different things. He hears things, and then he, the last thing he hears is a quiet, whispering voice, mm-hmm. and that's when he recognizes God. That mm. that was God. Mm-hmm. So even Elijah, who is the man of miracles <laughs> and the man who utters things that make other people fall for God, like fall completely for God's, you know, majesty and glory. Mm -hmm. Like he's on the run. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He thinks he's going to get cut to pieces. (laughs) 
even in those moments where he is alone, there's a hiddenness to God's presence. Yeah, it was quiet and still. And he had to be still himself to find it. Because I think what the world gives us is a lot of static, mm, a lot yeah. of noise. Yeah. You ever watch TV? Um, Never. <laughs> I, when I was younger, I used to. Did you enjoy commercials? Ah, uh, if they were funny. What about so, if non-funny commercials? Oh, non-funny? No. Right. No. They're just there. Yeah, yeah, they're just distra- them out. They're, they're just- distracting. Yeah. I mute all commercials. <laughs> I think the greatest gift to TV was the DVR, where you can record your favorite oh. show and just fast forward <laughs> yes. through the commercials. Yeah. For me, it's like when we're not focusing on God's will and using yeah. those God-given emotions and personality yeah. advantages, disadvantages, everything we are, if we're not giving them over to God... We're going to be like in a constant commercial break. (laughs) Just being fed some other story. Yeah. Right? Like, buy this. Yeah. You know? Look over here. Be Be afraid of this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. And the saints show us how to focus in on the real story, the real the show, like they, they don't pay attention to the commercials. They really were wholeheartedly living their life. Um, and I think it does matter, like your storyline. Oh, yeah. Right? Like well, definitely. If, if a saint, like let's give an example. Who do you have in mind? Well, I have two in mind right now. Emil Capon, who's not like not canonized yet, but he's on, on the, the way. Yeah, on the way. Mm-hmm. And Damien of Malachi. Mm-hmm. And their storyline, let, let's, let's see. So for Father Capon, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or is it Capon? I've always said Capon, but some people say Capon. Let's decide on one. <laughs> Can we go with Capon? Let's do Capon. Okay, good. <laughs> so Father Emil Capon was an American priest who was in an order, right? I don't think so. I think he was diocesan. He was diocesan. Yeah. Okay. Damien, I think, was in an order. He was. Okay. Yeah. So Emil Capon, yeah. he lived in the 50s? Like he was born in the 30s or so? I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he served in the Korean War. Mm-hmm. So. As a priest. Chaplain. As yeah, a he priest. was a chaplain. Mm-hmm. He had been in the army. I mean, serving as a chaplain before that as well. Um, we should look up the facts so we know the facts better. But I've the stories I know about him are from the Korean War when he was um, actually in battle. And there's so many amazing stories about him, how he would go to the wounded out on the battlefields, even mm-hmm. if the bullets were flying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He would go and give them the last rites or pull them to safety. Mm-hmm. He would do what was needed, you know, without mm-hmm. fear. Yeah, and he thought this was the most important thing. Yes. Yeah, he would celebrate Mass, you know, out on his Jeep. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then 
the incredible, incredible story about how when he he was with a group of men that were ambushed by the communists and he refused to retreat, to escape with the well men and he stayed with the wounded men. Mm-hmm. And he managed to convince the Chinese not to kill the wounded but to let them try to go to the POW camp, which was like mm-hmm. some crazy number of miles away. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 80 mm-hmm. miles where they had to walk. And and then he saved a soldier's life by... Carrying him. Yeah. The entire oh. march. Yeah, well, first he pushed the communist soldier away. When the soldier was about to kill the man, mm-hmm. Emil ran up and pushed the communist wow. away mm-hmm. and picked the guy up. Mm. And helped him. Saved his life. Yep. And the guy survived the whole POW camp, which wow. is another miracle. Wow. To be a witness. You know? mm-hmm. And then, I mean, he was amazing. On the march, he would try to convince these men who were starving and wounded to pick up. He's like, don't let, don't let people fall to the side. Pick them up. He tried to get them, mm-hmm. to, even though they were wounded, to keep picking up the wounded. Mm-hmm. Because he knew that if anybody fell to the side, they would be shot and killed. And do you think Father Capon was, was he scared? I mean, I try to think about his motivation or how he was able to, to do what he did. He had to overcome. If he was afraid, he definitely overcame his fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have to. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a survival mode that kicks in. Right. Yeah, and like when he was in the camp itself, he would do things that most people would be afraid to do. He would go between all the different cabins, and if he had was caught doing that, he would have been killed. Mm-hmm. And he would go and pray with the men in the morning, every morning. And then he would go at night and pray to St. Dismas, the good thief, and then take food from the farms, surrounding farms, so that the men wouldn't starve to death because they mm-hmm. were starving to death. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would steal from the the guards themselves, like have a, a decoy, set out some mm-hmm. decoy, and then they would take food. Mm-hmm. It's reminding me a lot of how mm-hmm. Jesus's pouring out of himself is, yeah. is referred to as a kenosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just outpouring of, of mercy, outpouring of, yes, of, of, one, of one's, you know, health even. To, he, to, yes. To get yeah, to get to that's true. Some, someone's soul, to get to someone's mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, the men were literally dying of starvation, and and he led. He led, and mm-hmm. they also were giving up hope, because it was so cold that at night they had to sleep really close together in order to survive mm-hmm. the night. Mm-hmm. But some would despair, and they would turn away, and they would die. Oh wow! But an Emil would go during the day. He would talk to them, try to, those that were dying, he would hold like a mother. Mm-hmm. He would, if they couldn't use the restroom, like on their own, he would wash their soiled mm-hmm. linens. Mm-hmm. He would do anything for them mm-hmm. to give them hope. He was trying to give them hope to and, keep And living. how many bullets did he fire? Zero. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like, one of my greatest heroes. Also, he used humor as a weapon mm. against the enemy. Because mm-hmm. when they would try to brainwash them, like they'd come in and like try to talk them about marks and stuff. 
Like one time they said, Capon, what have you learned from Marx? And he was like, about as much as I learned from any comedian. And then all the guys laughed. Like, oh, nice. He would, <laughs> yeah. He would try to. Yeah. So instead of Karl Marx, he's like Groucho Marx. Yes. There you go. And the so, communists are probably like, exactly. priest, we'll get you. <laughs> yeah. But he kept, he would do that all the time. He would have these one-liners that would make all the GIs crack up laughing. That's another thing about peace is that <laughs> when we have good sense, you know, good divine sense in us, I think the Holy Spirit gives us almost in a sense, a little bit of a humor yeah. about this world, <laughs> yes. right? Because he's looking at yes. the face of like, People who are trained killers. <laughs> yeah. They could have put a bullet in him. I know. And they're trying to say something real serious. And he goes, yeah, about as much as I know about the other <laughs> Marx comedian. I know. They, actually, what happened was he turned the fear against the communists. Hmm. And they became afraid of him. Mm. Because his joy, like his inner strength was so great that they didn't know how to handle it. They were mm. like taken aback by it. Mm -hmm. And you can see that in other saints too, like um, Edith Stein, when she went into Auschwitz, she like greeted the guard, praise be Jesus Christ. Mm. And then when all the women there were like collapsing out of fear and despair, she was going around brushing the children's hair mm. and taking care of the children when their moms were not able to. Like the, mo the They're physically not able to, right? Right, and also mentally, they didn't know they how didn't to know handle. They didn't know how to, yeah, to yeah, go through all the trauma. She actually, Edith knew she was going to end up there, so she trained herself mentally hmm. for months hmm. ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Like she was very austere the way she lived, like even more so, mm -hmm. and like tried to prepare herself mentally hmm. so she'd be ready. Yeah, and the other thing too about peace is that, you know, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. You know, it takes a tremendous amount of work. And one of the things that yeah. you cannot deny about the life of Jesus is that one of the greatest works is prayer. Yes. One of the greatest works he ever yes. accomplished was prayer. Yeah. Yes, and and learning how to, you know, like be a gymnast in the spiritual battle, you know, mm -hmm. like when how to bounce over things that might take you down or do a flip, you know, flip mm -hmm. something over so that you can... Yeah, like when despair, you can turn immediately to, you know, surrender to God. Yeah. You know, these people who are in these terrible positions and concentration camps, yeah. they just decide, I'm going to make the best of this, you know, yeah. dreadful situation and comb someone's hair. Exactly. Yeah, or wash someone's laundry or... Mm -hmm. Like do real things for real people, mm -hmm. and and it must be connected to prayer. Otherwise, it, oh. it loses its divine. Oh yeah. Value. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know what? <clears throat> I can't remember who said this. Actually, I think it was Father Dan Petit, who used to be a chaplain where I lived, and he said that when Edith Stein walked into. Auschwitz, Jesus Christ walked into Auschwitz. Wow. Yes, because, and that, I really think that's what happened through Emil Capon too. Like people, when they saw him or they saw Edith Stein, they actually saw Christ 
because they had done what you said, like through prayer and through living the gospel, living the word of Jesus, they had become Jesus. Like they is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So then the guards like fell to the ground before them because they were actually seeing Christ, like his strength. That brings me to that other passage we read in the beginning. Jesus says, yeah. I will no longer speak much with you for the ruler of the world is coming. Yeah. And mm. by that tradition says this is Satan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. He has no power over me. Yeah. So Edith Stein walks into Auschwitz, into the den of Satan. Yeah. And Jesus Christ walks in. Exactly. And says, pray, no and fear. praise God. Exactly. And Emil Capon, also the men said he was fearless. Hmm. They experienced that quality about him. What do you think about the average person who's going through, you know, their, you know, frustrations at work or, yeah. you know, dilemmas with their children? Yeah. You know, the children are talking, you know, back at them. Mm -hmm. You know, are these occasions where people can find peace? Yes, absolutely. But it's not the peace that the world would want to give us where there's no problem or, you know, there's no mountain to climb. It's, um, or the peace of comfort, you know, the, just the comfort that the world would try to give us. Ease? Ease, yeah. That's not the peace that Jesus gives. He he gives like a peace. I think he said it even, he just said it point blank. He was like, um, in the world you have, will have trouble, but take courage, I have overcome the world. And so like he showed us, oh, I loved what you said earlier, Father, about how when you realize that what you're suffering has meaning to the Father, then you can have a peace. In, it's like the peace that's underneath the waves of the ocean. You know, like if there's, you're, mm -hmm. you're in a storm and a, you yeah, have to if go you're out, down. Yeah, if you're only at the top, listening yeah. to all the wind blowing and, and going up and down, you yeah. know, undulating the whole time. Right. Yeah, that's where you're going to stay. Right. You have to, like, plunge down mm -hmm. as JP2 would Go say. into the deep. Yes. <laughs> Put out into the deep. Do not be afraid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He also showed like peace and suffering. You know, like, um, <laughs> you know, I had my birthday the other. Happy like, belated birthday. <laughs> thanks, Father. <laughs> and, you know, I had something very difficult happen to me on my birthday. Um, I actually got scammed by some crazy scammer that like pretended to be my boss and then asked me to get him gift cards. And I actually believed it at mm. first. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, the Lord opened my eyes right before. And you're the, about to give the yes, money and he didn't get it. But, um, and I actually was able to reach out to this, this person who had scammed me. And I tried to say something to sort of wake him up a little bit, but with charity and love, hmm. I just asked him, are you the good thief or the bad thief? Hmm. Like at the end. Mm -hmm. But, um, and it was very, a very interesting experience because 
there was some shaking up about it. You know, here's someone pretending to be someone I love and trust very much. And then all of a sudden I find out, oh my gosh, this is not the person mm -hmm. that I thought it was, you mm. know, like, I mean, through the email, just, they were emailing me. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it was on my birthday, but I realized there's a blessing here. There's a peace here. There's actually a joy here. I'm getting to suffer with Christ on my birthday. Like he's letting me enter into his passion with him. And there's a joy because I'm able to reach out to this soul that's obviously strayed from him in a way that maybe he's not used to being reached out to. You know, I told him, why don't you use your gifts for good and for God and he'll bless you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I told him peace and, but, um, I actually think that was a better birthday present than it would have been if I had had a perfect day and someone had sent me flowers and like, you know, like, I don't know, I got to eat mugugai pan or something. <laughs> or, you know, like, it was actually a better birthday because I got to reach a soul. And it is. It, it, there's nothing quite like having God begin to change things around you and in you. Yeah. And that is such a sweet process. It's never easy, but when you come back to it, like you have, you reflected on it, you know, that happened, you know, several weeks ago. Yeah. You start to realize God's hand put this here in some way. He permitted this. Yeah. And I can draw from it newness yeah. and, 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 and oneness with him. Yeah. And, oh my goodness, yes. And also there, there's like this incredible humor and joy that comes, like, <laughs> it always cracks me up in the Acts of the Apostles where they're in prison and they're singing hymns all night, you know, mm -hmm, like, and, mm -hmm, right. or they're thanking God. They're like, thank you for letting us suffer for your name, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. After they've been flogged. Mm -hmm. Humiliated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, who has the courage to mm -hmm. do that, you know, mm -hmm. like, but there's like an incredible bubbly joy that comes when you actually let yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know like, what you mean. Yeah, there's like this effervescence. It's, yes. a, it's a difference between opening a, a bottle of water and then yes. opening like Perrier and you see yes, all the bubbles Father. like come up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this Perrier is going to be so good. Yes. It's going to be so yeah. delightful. Yeah. And I think that's what people sometimes get too serious about. Like yes. there's a, there's a struggle, there's a trial. I don't know how to get around this. Yeah. And they kind of just get mad. Yes. Or they kind of get, um, pouty. Yeah. Or know? depressed. Or right. Yeah. Right. And, and instead it's like, well, if we could just train ourselves, like let's turn to God Yeah. and find him in it. Yeah. And thank him for it. Like, have the guts to actually thank God for it, mm -hmm. like Jesus did the night before he died. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of peace comes from, is that yeah. we are able to reorient ourselves mm -hmm. and, through grace, give ourselves almost the benefit of the doubt. Like, this yeah. is a divine day, right? Yeah. Like, during Easter, we said a lot, this is the day 
the Lord has made. Yes. Ooh, yes. Not I even like, like, you know, this yeah. might be the day. I think sometimes yeah. people get up and they go, this might be the day the Lord has made. As long as everything goes well for me. <laughs> yes. As long as my spouse kisses me, you know, in the morning, you know. Yes. Well, guess what? Your spouse isn't going to be like, you know, the divine kisser. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, you might get a kiss, you might not. But this yeah. is the day the Lord has given you. Yeah. A new resurrection every single morning. Right, and even if your child is struggling with something that day, you know, or you're having a hard time with your one of your children, it's it's really hard to keep your peace, you know, in the moment. But um, I learned a lot from this one man who started Forty Days for Life, you know, the prayer apostolate mm-hmm. to end abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fast and pray for like 40 days in front of abortion clinics. So they're like warriors. You know? They are. <laughs> yeah. They are. So I was at this conference and I talked to the, I was, we were there talking about actually um, someone that was sort of hard to handle, you know, and this man from 40 Days of Life had this incredible bubbly joy inside of his heart. Like mm-hmm. instead of like getting disgruntled by this person who was disgruntled or, or so really hard to deal with, he was actually like finding great humor in it and love for the person, like just the way they work. They had like a difficult personality, you mm-hmm. know, to, mm-hmm. to deal with. But instead of letting it knock him off his horse, you know, he was like enjoying the ride. Like mm-hmm. this guy is mm-hmm. great, I, you know, like... Just this rich laugh like bubbled up from deep inside of his heart. And I, it really, I want to be like that, like taking joy in whatever God sends, like finding humor and joy and a reason to, to thank him. And mm-hmm. Yeah, because in the mm-hmm. end, you know, we're really going to just fall into his arms. Yeah. You know, and that's like the perfect peace. You know, when yeah. we are called back to him who created us, yeah. we're, we're meant for him, yeah. we're meant to rest, you yeah. know, for him. And that can be another whole topic and another bulletin, you know, the idea of rest, you know. Oh, gosh, that's you a good know? one. So we definitely, Remember need, to, that. We definitely yeah. need to take that up another time. Yeah. And the reason that I love Baden so much is because, you know, it's sort of this natural sort of restfulness already here you know the town isn't that busy yeah you know there's not a lot of pressure to be showy or you know get this done it's a slow kind of place and that gives you a sense of stability mm-hmm. you know it gives you a sense of belonging and uh yeah and of purpose too because once you've rested for the day whatever it is that you need to rest you're ready to go back into the yeah. you know into your your schedule and your duties and your laundry list of things to do. Yeah, and it helps you to keep your peace, I think, when you rest, when you have humor, mm-hmm. which is also in Baden. I met a number of people with great senses of humor here. Mm-hmm. You know, through trial, through trial they have humor, and it's so, it's so good, it's so healthy. Do not let your hearts be troubled out there, yeah. people of Baden. We love you, people. We love you, people of Baden. And Father Emil Kapan loves you, too. 
So we'll end it there, Sarah. I think that was a good reflection. It definitely gave me a sense of perfecting peace because I think that we can try peace and like flirt with it. But when we really give it to God, we can really perfect it. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only one who can teach us how to receive the gift. Amen. So everybody, let's uh, continue to pray for each other. And we'll see you the next time on the Baden Bulletin. Um, Sarah, do you want to end us with a prayer? Oh, sure. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, we ask you, well, first we thank you. We thank you for the different trials that each one of us have um, in our lives the different sicknesses we, we may bear, um, the different problems in our families, in our workplace, um, the things that, that can tend to weigh us down. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for helping us to carry these things um, like you did with love for the Father. And Jesus, help us to find humor and joy each day as we carry our crosses um, with you because we know how much we're loved by you, uh, that we can then laugh and, and we know the end is heaven, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes on heaven. We know the third day is coming, Jesus. Help us to hold on to your peace in the storm and to dance in the storm. We pray all this in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. We ask for also Mary's intercession. Yes. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Everybody stay peaceful and stay prayerful. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.